Hello, everyone. It is Liam, and we are back with another episode today. Joining me is Dr. Ed Gibson, with 40 years of experience in the construction industry and 30 years of research. Dr. Gibson, welcome back. Hi, Liam. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. So today, we're going to dive a bit deeper into the FEP process and talk about the details of each step. One of the steps that we need to take is scope definition. What is it and how is it different than the front and planning process? Yeah, thanks, Liam. A lot of times this is something that's kind of misunderstood. The scope definition process is part of the front end planning process. It's a sub uh, process that is very important to making sure that front end planning is effective. Um, in general, uh, scope definition has four major pieces. Uh, first of all, we need to understand the actual site that the facility is going to be housed in or housed on. Uh, that can be a piece of property, a parcel. Um, it can be, in the case of a highway, it can be a long linear strip of land uh, where we have to be concerned about right-of-way and so on and so forth. Um, there are lots of things we need to understand about the site. And part of it is the geotechnical characteristics, but also permitting implications, um, things in terms of how we can get materials to and from the site for construction and so on and so forth. So we, if we understand the site pretty well at the end of front end planning, we can reduce our uncertainty. A second thing that we have to understand really are the flows of the site. And the flows of the site kind of play into this whole idea of what we're trying to get you know, with the particular facility. Um, for instance, uh, with a, a highway project, we have to understand the flows of pedestrians, trucks, cars, some cases trains, and so on and so forth. So, you know, what is the capacity of the roadway? What is the capacity of the railway and the flows and how those different parties come together? If we're talking about a building, it's the flow of people and functions within that building. Uh, and, and many times that's an architect who does that part of the design, for instance, for a highway, it would be a civil engineer. And then the last piece is uh, for an industrial facility, it really is the flows of molecules in some cases, if we're talking about gases and liquids, but it also could be uh, sub-assemblies and so on and how they come together to make a product, whether it's to produce electrons or to produce some kind of chemical or to produce uh, some kind of a manufactured project product. So first is site, second is equipment. The third thing are design parameters. So we want to put boundaries around what the scope is going to be. And many times those are internal design uh, parameters that the organization has, such as um, we can't have anything over a certain height. Uh, we have to make sure that you have X number of square feet or square meters per uh, functional person in a building. Um, or the lane width has to be within a certain wide wideness. We have to have a certain uh, width in terms of right of way and so on and so forth. Those are generally kind of laid out so that the designers and the, that are doing the front end planning during this phase uh, have some guidance and we don't just make up a new design every time. So the design parameters are the third thing. And then lastly, and especially important for manufacturing facilities is the equipment. And you know, what are the equipment in many large industrial facilities that can be 60, 70% of the cost of the facility. We need to understand what that equipment is, where it's gonna come from, 
what are the parameters around which we can hopefully go ahead and purchase it uh, so that we can get it um, back to the site in a good manner. So from a scope perspective, those are the four major things. There are other things that make up front end planning. We call it a project definition package. And those things would be the beginnings of a project execution plan, a cost estimate, the schedule, uh, the constructability study, uh, any risk management plan, and so on and so forth. It turns out that the scope definition informs those other studies and those other studies inform the scope definition so that as we proceed down the path, uh, we, we begin to uh, nail down what needs to be done for the project. Interesting. So um, out of this, um, I'm getting this impression that one is a part of the process and another is the process. In other words, the front end planning process is this big process that has scope definition as a step in the way. So I reckon then we need to evolve our scope definition as the front end planning proceeds, right? Yeah, it's very important. And in fact, when we start a project, when we initiate a project, usually that initiation may include a feasibility study and we'll come up with a scope that we think might be the best scope that we can come up with at that particular time. We know that there are a lot of uncertainties around it. As we proceed down through the front end planning process, we go into the concept development, we may decide on the location, we may decide on the contracting strategy. Uh, at that point, we probably decide on any technical decision, major technical decisions, and our scope continues to evolve. And then when we get into detailed scope, which is just before we pass this on to, to the design process, we certainly nail down a lot of the key issues that we want to understand and design so the design process can move forward very quickly. Um, as they say, we want to be, we want to start slow so that we can go fast in this particular situation. I see that. I really like that too. Um, I guess that goes to be a good advice for life anyway. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you, Dr. Gibson, for giving us your time today. We will have you on our future episodes with more questions and discussions. If you are listening to this podcast, please don't hesitate to contact us with your questions or suggestions. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you.